1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now
0: we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
2: 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. It is Thursday, a.k.a. eight days away from the NHL trade deadline. And don't forget, Daily Faceoff and the Nation Network will have full coverage of the deadline coming up Friday, March 3rd from uh, noon Eastern time to 4.00. 4- uh eastern time so make sure to keep a lock but this is leafs morning take the thursday edition presented by Point spec canada it's nick alberga and jay rosa what's going on rosie oh not much
0: just flying high in the betting world you know on fire i got a huge following people are scrambling to listen to our latest segment and we got another heater for you at the end of this show today
2: I like that. You're, you're a veteran in the broadcasting world. That's called a tease right there. But uh, Rosie has been on fire. Uh, I know I pulled off, I think, a couple times earlier this year, five in a row, like a straight week of of straight bets. Uh, but you're on a different planet. I think it's six in a row after a hit last night. Showtime, Patrick Kane, man. It's so funny. Like a week ago, we talked about it. Could he be a fit for the Leafs? Is he finished? Is he done? Uh, We also had to stop the the Patrick Kane slander. He's one of the best players on the planet, future Hall of Famer, 92 points last year. And dude, he's got seven goals in the last four games and 10 points over a four-game point streak. I think he's uh, going to be okay.
0: Yeah, he just went nuts. Uh, A buddy of mine jumped on that bet too. And I was like, now we just need Kane to bury. And then... uh... Like I literally like refreshed my browser and he had three points and I don't even know how big of a span I wasn't watching the game, but he's definitely hot right now. So a good time to grab him for sure.
2: Did you ever play against Patrick Kane?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Played against them kind of in their prime too. And they were hot. You'd go into that madhouse and it's one of the loudest Ooh. buildings in, in the league. And, you know, Jonathan Taves and they had Seabrook and Keith and Kane. And yeah, it was uh it was a hot franchise.
2: It's sort of fascinating because, like, I understand this mentality in this day and age, like, recency bias and, like, remembering back, like, 10 days ago or two months ago. But Patrick Kane in his prime was incredible. And I still think he's incredible. Like, he's relatively young, um, I think, from a hockey perspective. I think he's still got plenty of room. Obviously, the hip issue has been a nagging, lingering issue, and maybe he gets that settled in the off season, but he has so much to give, but in his heyday, especially when you played him, man, like the guy was unstoppable. I think the closest thing I can think of to Patrick Kane right now would probably be Jack Hughes with New Jersey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those special players. It's very dynamic and he can, uh, he's one of those guys that can just take over a game all by himself by just doing some, some stuff that makes you say, wow. And you know, when you think about it, he's been there for so long. I mean, you're in the same dressing room, the same organization, the same Jersey. You're, you're basically at one point where like a modern day dynasty, like the way they're winning cups and yeah. in a short periods of time with that salary cap era. And then right now when just things aren't going good, you're bottom of the basement, you're going to get moved. Like you can kind of, you know, his hips all buggered up. You're not feeling good. It, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to keep it going and to keep the hammer down the way you need to, to be, you know, a top 10 NHL player. So if he's dropped off a little bit, I think it's for good reason, but get that kid healthy and get him in an organization that he's excited about. And I think you'll see him just explode again and show that he's still one of those premier players.
2: It's pretty tremendous. Like, he obviously uh, is running this whole thing. He's going to go where he wants to go, very similar to Claude Drew last year, going to the Florida Panthers. And it sounds like the New York Rangers, somehow, someway, Rosie, are back in this conversation. Imagine Patrick Kane ends up on Broadway. They just picked up Tarasenko. They have Zabanajad, They have Panarin. They have Kreider. They have Trocheck. They have the kids behind them. And that is a scary team. Not to mention, I haven't even talked about Adam Fox and Igor Shosturkin as well. I was looking today... The Rangers plus 1400 to win the Stanley Cup. You might want to act upon that quickly, bud.
0: Yeah, shit. They're looking like a wagon, man. Like it took you quite a while to rattle off all those premier I guys. <laughs> I think the <laughs> people yeah. in the East right now are starting to go, oh, boy. I mean, you're looking at the Maple Leafs, the Lightning. Boston and now the New York Rangers it is a battle out there I mean I have a buddy that argues with me that thinks the the east is weak and I just laugh in his face on years like this going what are you talking about I mean it's going to be a travesty that that some of those teams aren't able to even make the eastern finals man because they're they're some of the best teams in the whole NHL you look over at the west and you're just kind of like meh whatever someone's going to get there and and probably just get smashed in the Stanley Cup finals.
2: It's pretty amazing how the dynamic has changed, right? A couple of years back, it was like the Western Conference was so strong. It was so heavy. It was Chicago. It was Los Angeles. You know, it was San Jose and those types of teams, Nashville. And now all of a sudden, you know, I think things are starting to peak more you know, towards the Eastern Conference. And you, you look at that conference right now, and you could probably make a legitimate case to go all the way for like four or five teams where you look at the Western Conference, obviously Colorado, maybe Edmonton. That's about it for me, I think, when you look on paper, at least, and look at those uh, respective rosters right now. The Western Conference is much more wide open. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out, and don't forget to visit the LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, we're in the process of migrating over to our very own YouTube page. You see it on your screen there, courtesy producer Alex. Make sure to subscribe, like at the Leafs Nation 401, at the Leafs Nation 401 for the very latest. Our interviews and our clips and our shorts all are going up there. And again, eventually the live show will be on the Leafs Nation 401 as well. So make sure to subscribe, get in, uh, get in early as well. And we're, we're all over Spotify, Apple, wherever you want to find us and listen to us, please do so. Um, and again, a, a lots to cover over the next couple of days. We're getting closer and closer to the deadline, but for now, we're going to get over the boards. I don't know about you, Rosie. I had been bracing for this news and pretty much since October 17th, when he left the Leafs lineup. But uh, Toronto announcing yesterday, Jake Muzzin, shut down for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs mm-hmm. due to cervical spine and and that injury. Um, obviously, a gruesome injury, a scary injury. He's dealt with a lot the last couple of years. Ever, ever, pretty much ever since becoming a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, they'll, yeah. they'll provide a further update on his status in September at training camp. First and foremost, we wish him the very best. I mean, that's that's paramount in this situation. But I ask you this, how much are the Leafs going to miss Jake Muzzin come playoff time, Rosie?
0: Yeah, I think big time. It's a, it's a big loss and it's a hole in their decor. There's no doubt about it. I think uh, at this point in time right now, coming down the barrel of, uh, you know, trade deadline, that's that's where they're looking. I think they are scathing through everything they can find to try to find a guy to replace jake muzzin and there was like that smallest glimmer in the back of my mind where it's like maybe he's just been under the radar and he's he's starting to feel better and he's close to skating and it's like it's very wishful thinking but at the end of the day we we thought there was a very good chance this news was coming and it goes from oh poor maple leafs that's tough for the roster to man i hope the guy's future is okay i hope his family life is okay i hope his personal health is okay and you start to to leave hockey behind and go into the guy's personal personal health and and priorities like that but it, it's a hole it's it's a tough guy to fill and yeah it opens up some uh some salary cap room with him in the long term i r but it's it's not easy to get a guy to to fill that spot and i think right now that's where they're that's where they're looking because if he was healthy right now i think as as, as much of a weapon as this team is looking i really think that uh Inserting him into those uh, those guys you're looking at right now would be a major major help.
2: Firstly, I think the Leafs deserve a lot of credit for pretty much moving on like nothing happened when they lost Jake Muzzin. But from a pugnacity standpoint, from a sandpaper standpoint, from a, you know just an accomplishment standpoint, what this guy has done in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're gonna miss that pedigree. There's no doubt about it. But I think guys like Giordano have really pulled their weight to an extent. Sandine, Lilligren, Brody. Like, these guys have all taken on more and have done a pretty adequate job now I, I do agree with you I think this has to be a, a, a you know a level of concern for sure when it comes to management you know replacing this type of player they haven't done so so far they you know I think that's the reason why they make that O'Reilly trade and include Minnesota is to give them a bit more space to potentially go out and get somebody now I don't know who that's going to be is it going to be an at home? You know, are they going to swing big or are they going to look at some depth pieces? But I think they have to find a way to bring in a guy like Jake Muzzin, who is going to play that heavy brand, that heavy style. You know, Jordy Ben to an extent can can bring that. I don't know if that's going to be a lasting thing for like a seven game series, but I do think they have to be looking in that direction right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. We haven't seen much of Ben this year. I feel like he could be yeah. a guy that could have stepped up and and filled that role and filled that void. I like, uh, you know, that uh, the edge that he plays with a little bit. And if he's able to move that puck and just be super, super, super sound defensively, and and then all of a sudden, you know, you're banging and crashing, you're grabbing guys in scrums, you're blocking shots, all that playoff stuff could really help. So it'd be nice if uh, if they were able to get him inserted and and able to step up here and, and healthy, obviously. But uh it's going to be tough. I think if they were able to swing for the fences, they're going to do it. I think it's clear they're making yeah. a push, and and this is do or die. And and they've they've retained a little bit of salary cap uh, room to make something happen. But if they can't, and they can get someone that makes sense, it's more of a depth piece just to just to round off their decor a little bit. I think they'll do it, um, and it's going to be interesting. That's one hundred percent where my mind is coming down the deadline here. That they're going to be scrambling to try to insert a, a quality D man in that uh, back end.
2: You know it could be good? Your guy, Luke Shen. Is there an update on that yeah. front? He's just wasting away on the couch right now or what? Uh, he's
0: basically helping his wife pack. They are due in about a week and a half with their third kid. And uh, it, is, uh, it is a cluster of uh, a cluster, you know what, in his life right now. Trying to figure out where he's going, if he's going packing, where are they are going to live? Is she able to fly anywhere? You're going to have to sort out private jets just to get his family there since she's not allowed to fly or else risk. Very much so, not seeing the birth of your of your child, which is basically not really an option for him. He's a big time family man, so it's a uh, it's a mess out there. But you do look at his his body of work and say, you know what, that would fit in just about fine in uh, in Toronto, and be pretty awesome to see him in that uh, Toronto Maple Leafs jersey again.
2: It would be tremendous and uh, full circle, I think. And uh, humanizing the situation is always integral. I know these are pro athletes; you played in this league, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So the one thing we do forget as fans is like when a, a big trade happens. For example, you see Ryan O'Reilly come over. That 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 video of his kids watching was incredible, man. Like that's daddy to them. That's not professional hockey player Ryan O'Reilly. That's not stud 2019 Con Smythe winner. That's dad to them.
0: 100 percent. yeah these uh i think that sometimes when you when you follow the leagues when you're a small kid and you only see these people on tv you kind of lose the fact of of that humanity of them and what they have going on in their personal lives but they are very much just uh just people like anyone else they have families they have things they have wives and places they live and they have leases and furniture and all kinds of shit that goes along with it and it is a it is a big time chore to try to get all that logistics sorted out and at the same time, try to try to bury your head in, in your in your work and stay a premier player in the NHL or whatever the case is. So it gets lost in the in the shuffle sometimes when people think about it. But yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes.
2: Now I saw your face when you saw the makeup and the rundown here for the show. And it's the second coming of your favorite segment. Rosie tweets. What did not <laughs> tweet anything weird lately? <laughs> That's what you think, Alex. Flip up the first tweet. There's three of them. Oh fuck! <laughs> Easy, skin. Okay, the, <laughs> okay. First question: How gunned were you when you sent that up? And this is uh, this is referring to Jeff Skinner, I believe, in the third period when I think it was what five two Leafs the other night.
0: Yeah, like he's selling like he just tied the game. I'm like, relax, guy. You're like you're acting like you're just uh just tied it up and this game's up for grabs, which it was wasn't.
2: Since you're ragging on me, the comma after Skinner is missing there and maybe a period or an exclamation mark. But you're getting there. You're getting there. And I am monitoring your tweets as we go here. Dude, it's
0: Twitter. It's not supposed to be like perfect (laughs) journalism fucking school or whatever you were learned to do. It's Twitter. You just throw it out the way you'd say it.
2: Okay, uh, tweet number two, Alex. This is bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you read this one out for us, Rosie?
0: Is there anyone the Leafs can't beat? And It was like, oh, yeah, the Blackhawks, the Yotes, the Ducks, the Sharks. Yeah, I, uh, I better settle down. Yeah, I had a glass of wine there, and uh, we were flying. looked like we were going to beat the uh, – Looked like we were going to beat them 8 nothing there at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this team is buzzing. And then I had to come back to reality to prevent myself from being a typical Leafs fan.
2: No, no, that's a fair tweet. I'll, I'll, I'll support you on that tweet because there's been a couple moments, the Montreal game and the Buffalo game, where I, I pretty much felt like the eggplant emoji. You know the eggplant emoji? You shudder it sometimes. You send it. I don't know who you're yeah. sending it to, but you send it somebody's way. That's the feeling I had watching the Leafs, man. I'm feeling good about life through three games.
0: Yeah, rock hard at certain times, man. That O'Reilly <laughs> trade the beginning of that game was pretty sweet. So, uh, they just got to keep her going, man, and uh yeah, you got to keep yourself uh keep yourself grounded on Twitter is what I say.
2: Tweet number 3, Alex, please. Yeah. <laughs> Read it. It turns out the Leafs got even
0: better. Like no, they are no, good. A, it team. says they-
2: it says turn out Turn out the leafs got even better. <laughs> Damn it, I missed a nest there. You know what? I'm
0: so used to typing and having auto correct, and then they don't give you auto correct on, uh, on Twitzy. So I just got to get used to that. I'm new. I'm new.
2: No, you're a good sport, Rosie. I am enjoying the tweets. I am uh, enjoying the rapport, you and the fans and the followers, the last little while. You're going back and forth. You're giving it to them a bit. What was that guy's handle the other day that was going at Rupper? Remember that?
0: Yeah, he was like, This is a 40-year-old war dog. He's like, This yeah, is a war dog. I was this, this guy in his early 40s, and I think he was making it seem like he's like a 60-year-old old now I think the picture they used was that we used was kind of weird, that headshot. But he he looks age appropriate. And then I was like, War dog, throw up a selfie so we can just fucking tear you apart. And he's like, No, nah, man, I'm I'm pretty ugly, even my mom doesn't think I'm good looking. And I was like, Fair enough, buddy. But Dude, it's incredible
2: don't. how some of these, these people just retract their comments or, or back up when you go at them on social media. It happened to me last week, the whole Jacob Rana thing with Detroit. I stand by it, by the way, but a lot of Wings fans hate me right now for reasons unknown. I'm actually going on a podcast tomorrow to explain a bit of the story and the situation, but like social media is such a cesspool and you're finding that out quickly, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I've had good interactions so far, even if yeah. someone's doing something negative. I mean, if I'll just leave it alone, unless I feel strongly about it. And if I feel yeah. strongly about it, I'll just throw it out there and be like, what are you talking about? Like, allow them to explain themselves. And every time so far, they've been like, yeah, I'm just fucking around or, you know, exactly. and it's like, oh, you're just looking for attention. So that's fine. And I don't mind that stuff as long as it's not you know, some guy with an avatar name and just rinsing people and then being ruthless about it. But uh, I did yeah. one time get into it with a guy about a a body check. It was a a body check where, a, where the hell was it? It was along the penalty box. The guy pulled the chute, bailed out once he felt a hit coming. And the guy, I think it was Max Domi went through the guy or Max Domi was getting hit maybe and i just went back and forth with this guy on twitter he's like and what are your accolades that make you think that you can have an opinion <laughs> on this i've been doing this for a long time and i've been watching hockey my whole life and we were going back and forth i think it was just on instagram and i'm just like buddy you're out of your mind like go to the i said you're looking at the slow mo video and you're breaking this down and you think that a little piece got clipped i said you have no idea how fast it is out there and he's like oh and you do i suppose who the fuck are you i was like this is bad i got to get i got to exit this conversation right now
2: the best play there is to send them your hockey DB or do like my buddies did in high school, Google me. That was the response when somebody would chirp them <laughs> on the ice or chirp them at the bar, Google me, and uh, you see that they're a draft pick or something like that. And in your case, you played in the National League.
0: Yeah, that, that could usually work. I try not to bust that thing out too much because there's, <laughs> there's, there's a few things you could probably bring up on my DB that you could chirp off about. But uh, nonetheless, usually you'd have the... The bull by the horns in that conversation.
2: No, that's the one thing I'll never trip you on. Uh, We have a fun relationship. I would never rag on you for playing in the NHL. I don't care where you played in the NHL, who you played for. I mean, that's still an accomplishment in itself, man. So, like, I I would throw that at anybody. And that's my response. I played in the league. You didn't. I played at the highest level of hockey. You did not. That's all you need to say.
0: Yeah, that works. I like to say I scored five and a half goals in there and I got to even take that half a goal where it got uh, disallowed on me. So uh, I, I'm I'm cla- scratching and clawing for every point in that league, but nonetheless got more than most.
2: Yeah, that's the rumor. That's how you picked up your wife. Uh, what was it at Earl's? You're like, I've scored five and a half goals in my NHL career, right? She's like, holy shit, six and we get married right now.
0: <laughs> I didn't play in the show when I met my wife, but uh, I don't know if that would get it done with her. She doesn't give a shit about hockey too much. <laughs>
2: Those are the best ones, man. They don't care about your occupation. They don't care what you do. Those are the best ones. So you found the right one there, Rosie. Let's move on to the Atlantic Division Roundup. We try to do this once a week. Let's look at the division. Again, we are looking for a response. Uh, Some of these other teams in the Atlantic Division, what are they going to do between now and the March 3rd trade deadline? Toronto making their big move, but Boston's been linked to a defenseman. You know Tampa's going to get somebody. Uh, Steve Eisenman in Detroit, you never know what's up with them. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on the on the division in general the last little while?
0: Well, it's moving, and it's tight, and, you know, I'm just pulling her up like... There it is, yeah. It's, a, it, it's getting more interesting. For a while there, it was a complete standstill. It looked like it was, you know, pointless to even look at it. But, uh, you know, it's still going to be a battle here for for home ice advantage for us, obviously that's what we care about. Boston is still like, just, they're not even close. Like we're just not even close to Boston. You're not even in the same, in the same tens column as them. So it's just, they won't stop winning. They're an absolute wagon. I just, you can only hope that things go crazy in the playoffs and, and maybe they get knocked off by, you know, in the first or second round. It's hard to say, but it is very interesting. And like we were talking about earlier in the show, it is heavily, heavily favored on the Eastern Conference and especially this Atlantic division. The top three teams are just capable of doing anything right now. And it's, uh, you know, the Detroit Red Wings are kind of sniffing around too. So interesting enough, uh, can't wait to see what they all do in the trade deadline.
2: The chat's been buzzing. Uh, somebody who goes by TML is bitching that we're not getting to his comments. So yes, we'll get to your comment right now. He says, Muzzin was done two years ago, not missing him at all. Get Chikrin. There's your classic Leafs fan. I think anybody would know the Leafs don't have what it takes to get Jacob Chikrin right now. They just dealt one of their first-rounders and plenty of picks, a bountiful of picks in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So I'm sorry, pal, that's not going to happen, but appreciate you watching the show. Subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Uh, But yeah, like that's the conversation certainly around the Leafs. Like let's go after a defenseman. Let's get somebody, but I don't think it's going to be Chikrin.
0: No, I think he's too high-end. There's too many people clamoring for him, and whatever the Leafs can offer, I just believe there's going to be someone else out there who's going to offer a lot more, and it'll just be tossed aside. So uh, I'm thinking their, their sights are probably going to be set a little bit further down the depth chart, but uh, I don't think they necessarily mm-hmm. need Chicker and they can, uh, they can get someone with some playoff experience, a little bit of jam that's really defensively responsible who can really perform in the playoffs, which is exactly what
2: they need. Yeah, TML stormed off. Uh, he said, "I'm out of here. You're not answering my questions." But we did answer the question. Oh, okay, now he's responding. Hall, Kerfoot, and Engval for Chickren. Uh, in in what world? In what world, Mister TML, is Arizona going to be like? You know what? We've sat this guy for two weeks. We're going to take Justin Hall, Alex Kerfoot, and Pierre Engval for Chickren. No picks needed. There's the move. I don't know. I can't see that. Pull the trigger <laughs>
0: now. Pull the trigger.
2: <laughs> Those are literally three players you actually don't want in your lineup to better your lineup. That that would be a perfect uh, scenario, but I don't even think that's accepted in NHL 23, sadly. Uh, You know, jokes aside, TML, I think it's got to involve at least one first rounder. Uh, Does Toronto want to get involved next year? I know this is a deeper draft. They already gave up their pick. It just, there's too much. And then on top of that, there's too many teams in on this that the Leafs just won't have the capital and the assets to get the job done. So if you're hoping Chikrin's going to be a Leaf, uh, I think that ship has sailed. Uh, It certainly did a couple weeks back. uh, But now, especially with the Ryan O'Reilly trade, sadly, Rosie.
0: Yeah, I think that took it off the table. There's, you know, I think fans and even players and everybody who's not an NHL GM just kind of take for granted that like, well, I would trade these guys for that guy. So why don't they just do that? It's like, yeah. It's hard. It's yeah. just got to be so hard to make a GM agree and sign that paper and send it off to the NHL. Like it, it, they don't. That's why they don't happen every day. That's why the blockbusters are only once in and every, you know, however many year. It's just very difficult to move stuff around, and then you add the the cap space, you know, conversation into it, and that just complicates the shit out of everything. So it's just triggers just aren't pulled easily. With GMs, gotta gotta grind and yeah. think and analyze and and decide and if you think you're you want to pull a deal and you get too excited to do it the other gm's gonna go hold on here why is this guy so so quick to do this i'm i feel like i might be getting the 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 shit end of the stick and then you're just gonna wait and wait and see what happens and it's just very difficult to pull a deal off i don't think the chicken thing could happen that ship has sailed once we got o'reilly but if we could sneak someone in on the back end i'd be i'd be happy if it looked like we bettered our our back end
2: now, I would say if Toronto would be open to dealing one Matthew Nice, who guested on this podcast last week, then I think you have a conversation to be had. But I, I just, again, if they didn't trade Nice now, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I just don't. I don't want
0: them to. I think he's a guy that could, uh, you know, turn into, I don't know who you compare him to, but just like have the kind of impact that, that like a Nylander has, but more of a power forward, maybe less uh, explosively offense, but more of a power forward, and just be that be that second line guy that can just get things done, and just be one of those power powerful players who's just always on the puck. No one likes to play against. Get the puck in the hands of of the big boys, and and just be a be, be a force. And I just don't want to see him leave our pipeline, and then watch him for years and years and years dominate the NHL.
2: TML's on fire. He says nice is untouchable. He says Wilson. So this guy pretty much wants everybody in the NHL who's of significance on this Leafs roster. <laughs> Unfortunately, that can't happen. Imagine Leafs got Patrick Kane. No, we're not going to start that conversation again. I think, uh, I think uh, Patrick Kane could end up with the New York Rangers or the Dallas Stars. Uh, Kerwin, welcome aboard, by the way. Can't make another move as big as O'Reilly. Dubis will probably make a trade for a bigger bottom pairing D-man at the deadline and call it a day. I tend to agree with you on that front. I know TC is yeah. writing in. He wants a Tom Wilson-like type player, but those are hard to find. In a perfect world, Tom Wilson would be the guy. I know he's been banged up, man. I had hopes and aspirations for Tyler Bertuzzi. doesn't sound like that's going to happen. I-, I just think we're reaching now. Like I think they're going to add maybe one depth defenseman, maybe two, um, maybe an upgrade over like, a Jordy Ben. But I-, I can't see a move of significance here. Can you?
0: No, I think it'll be something that, uh, you know, a team that's not really using a guy or they're already very deep in that aspect or they have already got, say, a right-handed defenseman who does that job. And they're saying, you know what, if we get X, which we're kind of looking for, you know, we'd be willing to let this guy go. He's whatever the case is with his contract and whatnot. And I think if you can just find two GMs at the end of the deadline when time's ticking down and it's like, hey – you know, things settle down and they're like, okay, you know, what 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 about this little straight across deal? And both guys say, Yeah, I think that works for me, works for me. And it would be something like that that doesn't cause a huge a huge splash in the in the market, which I think the Leafs are done making that big of a splash, to be honest, but we'll see.
2: And to be honest, I think we're rather happy with Noel Lachari credited with seven hits the other night, Ryan O'Reilly, the fact daddy himself, uh has been a tower of power with uh with John Tavares and Mitch Marner so far. Rosie, we teed it up. You foreshadowed at the beginning of the show. It was a spoiler alert. A nice little tease in the broadcasting world. The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. The wrap-up. You might
0: be able to wrap up your days of working anymore if you've been following me you walk down to the bank you talk to your mortgage guy you pull out all the equity and all the education fund and everything you get your hands on and you jump on charlie mcavoy right now anytime assist it's at minus 110 you're close to even money this guy's got 35 assists in 43 games that's what is that over 80% you go to Vegas and you go to the tables and if you're getting over 80%, you'd be shoving your chips in as fast as you could because you don't get that anywhere. I think it's really good value. Um, To be honest with you, I even sprinkled a little bit personally on Dougie Hamilton assist, which is even money. He's got 38 assists in 57 games, but the Charlie McAvoy is my big one right now. So I'm just kidding about all the rest of that bullshit. Don't, uh, don't put too much on me. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very much due to fall on my face right now. So I looked around and I like the apples. I like the assists. It's easy for some of these guys that uh, are playing on these big time uh, teams. All you got to do is touch the puck here or there. And all of a sudden the guy's on the board. So just about even money, Charlie McAvoy, anytime assist, jump on that one. I think that's your best play tonight.
2: We're tailing you. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you're feeling good. You're diving into the player props. I love the McAvoy look. Again, Boston lost earlier this season to Seattle. We think a response is coming tonight on the West Coast uh, visiting Uh, The Seattle Kraken tonight. So I like that play quite a bit. Love the Hamilton play as well. The Devils have been a great story. I don't know if Hamilton's getting enough love uh, that he should be for the Norris Trophy. He's been incredible alongside, uh, you know, as a Batman and Robin to like a Jack Hughes. So you're on fire. Let's tail this puppy, buddy.
0: yeah, let's do it. Why not? It's been fun. I, uh, before, I wasn't taking her too seriously. Trying to pick teams to win, man, is difficult. You don't know what's going on in the locker yeah. room. There's so many different components to it. But when you jump on those player uh, props, it's a little bit funner for sure. And go through, see who's hot, see who's not, who's playing with who. Try to get an inside track that Vegas missed. And uh, you can get a lot of value on those uh, point props, shot props, assist props, goals, all that stuff. It's pretty fun. So uh, we've been doing her pretty good. Let's see if we can wrap up... Uh, this play here with Charlie McAvoy.
2: You can apply this to betting. I'm sure the way, the same way you applied it to your playing days. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. I, I, I said <laughs> some cockiness getting into your game a bit. I'll just say that. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm having fun. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, don't go to the bank. Don't pull any equity out of your house. Just have fun with a couple $10 bills or something.
2: You're pretty much advising people to put their life savings on the line for a Charlie McAvoy assist tonight. That's what you're saying, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I did say. I think I'm gonna walk that back here to finish the show.
2: Unfortunately you can't. This is recorded. It's already out there into the uh the the sphere of of YouTube and, and Twitter and all that. So you're you're stuck with that. But We'll leave it to that. Rosie, you're actually off tomorrow and Monday. So we'll have two additions, amazing additions, the three hits with Rosie coming up. And then on Tuesday, the stretch drive to the Stanley Cup playoffs and also the trade deadline will be on, my man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that'll be wicked, man. It'll be a fun week next week. We're ramping up to Friday when uh, hopefully there's some engagement this year with uh, with it being on a Friday. We talked about that earlier this week and should be fun for people to maybe have a few beers and watch TSN yeah. or whatever you're going to watch. Watch us, actually. Fuck TSN. Watch uh, all the different True. shows that are, that are going on, and we're going to have a few uh, a few specialty shows coming up with our networks uh, coming up on Friday. So we should make it fun, and hopefully there's some big splashes in the league.
2: And Jay and I will both be on the broadcast coming up uh, next Friday, March third, noon Eastern time to four Eastern time on the uh, Nation Network YouTube page. Uh, full co- coverage uh, via Daily Face Off. So make sure to look out for that. And I recommend we all get fucking wasted and do the show wasted. That that makes the most sense to me, right? A piggyback off Barnburner and that crew.
0: Yes, I was already thinking that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be in my basement. Kids will be at school. Let's go. Or how
2: about this, for every trade made during the show, we take a shot.
0: Oh god. I don't need to be on the floor. Maybe a maybe a toot off a little pen or something like that. More keep you on the keep you on the ground.
2: Okay, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll figure we'll, we'll figure something else uh something out. <laughs> we'll talk to the powers that be and say, "Hey, can we do something about this uh you see there on your screen trade deadline show March 3rd. Now's a good time to mention as well coming up tomorrow. So no Rosie three hits with Rosie, but Frank Saravalli that beautiful man you see on your screen will drop by and we'll get the very latest on the uh, Maple Leafs trade front, what they could be looking at and the trade front in general. So uh, don't miss that. Many thanks to uh, Jay Rosehill and producer Alex as well. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care.